Hey, you okay? Oh, damn enchiladas! Oh, you gonna be all right? The bone exposed, nice blood bouquet, trace of marrow. Fuck boy trying to hold his nose, let it drip. One sip, taste his halo. Say, bro, why is your skin on the floor? Where's your hair? It's nothing but follicles. That's called a cloche. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of It's Them Damn Enchiladas, the best and longest running Roy Burns trivia show in the world. Where shenanigans and hijinks surrounding horror movies, video games, television, comic books. Beer, Skype cameras, come early, come often. I am Carlos Rivera. My original partner in crime from always, Mr. Adam R. Griffin. And of course, the thirds, Robert Christie. Follow us live on the Red Hot Twitter machine sometimes. Handles in the show notes in the show at It's Them Damn and on Instagram at It's Them Damn and Shots Podcast. We are recording on East Coast. Eastern Standard Time, like we do every week, except for the thirds, who's always lost. Uh, how is everyone today? Uh, good, good. Uh, you know, watching this weird-ass Reddit shenanigans on the stock market, playing them stonks, whatever the fuck they're calling it. So yeah, that's, that's kind of amusing. Uh, just waiting for the bottom to fall out, and yeah. Yeah. I'm, How's everybody else doing? I'm just waiting for all the broke people who think that this is a good thing to then lose all their money. Well, you know. That, 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 that's unfortunately, Wall Street's been doing this for a long time. And in the end, Wall Street always wins. Unfortunately, yes. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Rob, what is it? Unfortunate. There we go. We get the usage out of the way early. Yes. Yes. With that being said, Rob, you were tasked this week. This oh. oh, we should give him an update. Wait. Oh, yeah. No, no. I was going to. Oh, okay. We're going to update that with the points and the hot sauces. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I just want to say you, you were tasked with the watching of what was to be. And I will say it now, not to spoil anything for anyone for the rest of the season, but this may be the only movie where we chose a sequel. Maybe. 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 But this was a week where we chose part one and part two of Hostel. Yes. Now, with that being said, as Adam alluded to, uh, we have a point system that we have generated for this season five um, tomfoolery and hijinks, somewhat shenanigans. And currently, Mr. Rob Christie is sitting at negative two points, if I recall. Maybe negative three. Uh, negative three. Negative three points. He is sitting at negative three points, point system which we have generated randomly. And, it's uh, arbitrary. And arbitrarily. Depending on, you know, what Rob says and how we feel as to, uh, you know, what he's talking about. Yeah, and somehow in season five, 
I'm the nicer one. Don't know how this came to be. I don't know uh, what you're talking about. That sounds but, like projection. But um, I, did I point any fingers at anyone? I don't know what you're talking about. Somebody feels guilty. I so, don't know what you're talking about. Negative three points. Two weeks in a row with guessing incorrectly who chose the movies. So he's at level two of the hot sauce challenge. So, Rob, how are, how are you feeling going into week three? How am I feeling going into week three? Well, not great. Not the best. So let's not, let's not, take, let's not even talk about the movie yet. How do you, how do you feel? Like, like did, you, did you were... Okay, so let me ask this question. Did you see the jump in the type of movies from last week to this week? Yeah, without getting into too much detail yet. This week, it's like you go from one level of effects, effects that weren't, for the most part anyway, were not, were not like hyper realistic, to a couple of movies where it's like we're trying to make this look as much like motherfuckers are getting cut up as it maybe possibly could. Okay. <clears throat> I guess then, uh, uh um, Rob. Yes, sir. Would you like to get back to zero points immediately? I will accept that opportunity. All right. Um, since you're supposed to watch two movies this week, and since one of them is it could possibly be a sequel, might only be the only sequel that you watch uh, throughout the, the sequence of movies, uh, to get from negative three points and to start off at zero, in what order should you watch the two movies that you saw? Wow, that's an interesting question. No, it isn't. It's an easy question. <laughs> easy question? Well, you should watch Hostel and then Part 2. There you go. You're at zero, see? Okay. <laughs> wow, I honestly, if you would have gotten that wrong, you were going to be at negative six. I honestly thought you were trying to trick me. Well, that's part of why. I mean, did you, did, okay. you watch, did you watch the movies? <laughs> yes. yes. That's part of why I asked you, because <laughs> I wanted to It's that. pretty obvious, okay. the timeline. But, yeah. Well, it's... Okay, Quick point, especially beginning considering how Hostile Part Two starts. It wouldn't make any goddamn sense if you didn't watch the first part first. I just wanted to make sure that you you weren't overthinking. You almost did. I almost did. did. So I'm proud of you. Well, well, he will overthink it at the end. Hey, don't spoil it for the people. I mean, okay. we, we gotta let we gotta let him walk into the overthinking on his own. Yeah, yeah, you just just don't don't set the table just yet. We'll be all right. So, Rob, uh, uh, the rules still apply from last week to this week. Um, tell us how you feel about the movies. Uh, the more book reporting Wikipedia you get, the more points you lose. So, let's try to refrain. Uh, you know, talk about what uh, what stood out to you. Characterization, actors, set pieces, plot points. You know, start with hostel number one. Flow and hustle number two, and we will talk about it as we go. The floor is yours. All right. Have fun. All right. Hostile part one, written directed by Eli Roth. Question. Yes. What else? What else do we know Eli Roth from? I fucking knew you were going to ask <sighs> this, and I didn't pay any attention to it. And the worst part is, I know I. Oh, I looked at other movies. I will take any of them. 
And I will take yeah. I will take writer, director, or actor. I'm in one other not gonna come to mind. In one other movie. Wow, that's so annoying. I, it's my mind is blank. Absolutely. And I was, and I was willing to give you one point for each movie named. And it's very annoying because at least one of them is a movie that I'm at least moderately familiar with. But can I remember it? Nope. Okay, well. Okay. Sorry, everybody. I'll let you down. That's negative one. Hostel Part 1 came to us in the United States in 2006. Uh, In 2005, it actually was in film festivals in Canada and Iceland. I don't know why I thought that was interesting enough to write down, but I did. That's negative. I could tell you about it later. Wow. Wow, Carlos. I what? thought you were the nice one. I am. Oh, I don't know okay. what you're talking about. <laughs> so one of the one of the first things about Hostel Part One that stood out to me was I uh, I intensely disliked the main the, the main characters intensely. Now, I, now, excuse me, Ollie. Ollie is. A living midlife crisis. He's all right overall. Josh, uh, my note for Josh is, and I quote, "Yikes!" Because that dude's that dude's issues have issues. From him just wantonly slinging every homophobic slur he can think of, to being the only one of them that almost gets into a fight with a Dutch local. Labeled in the credits as Angry Dutch Elf, which I have to point out now because it made me laugh. <clears throat> and then Paxton. Paxton is just, uh, the reminds me of one of my sweet mates in college, and that just gave me a fucking stomachache. <clears throat> so I somewhat shamefully admit that I was just, I was waiting for the movie to get to them being uh, tortured. All right. So, so you are so you have a little sadistic side to you already. I guess. Okay. I guess either that or it's just I don't like these people and I want harm to come to them. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Now I lean up like Ollie. Ollie was fine. He was okay. In fact, that's my exact note. He was okay. But the other two, oof. They're bound. They're backpackers. They're bouncing around Europe. They've been all over Europe, and uh, they end up in Amsterdam. Fucking around, they get locked out of their hostel. And the only reason I'm going into this is because this is when they meet Alexei, who is one of the creepiest characters uh, I have yet to encounter in any any movie. Not just the movies you all have guided me to, but any movie, period. <laughs> Sweet three. I know. I, I'm expecting maybe things to get worse, but good lord, that dude is yuck. <laughs> Just absolute yuck. And he suggests to our uh, our wandering friends that uh, they go to a hostel located somewhat east of them. Not at all where they were going, but they're, but uh, he convinces them to go there because the ladies are all hot as hell, and that's what uh, at least one of them, two of them are, you know, in the market for. And they're trying to get Josh laid because they, maybe they figure it'll make him less of a shithead. I don't know. So they go to this hostel and uh, meet some very nice girls there. Was that like... Is that a euphemism? Yeah. Um, 
A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of a euphemism. They're definitely not nice. Nice looking, but not nice. But not at nice, all. yeah. Okay. They, uh, as they're walking into their room, they meet the said nice girls are barely dressed. And they say to them, hey, we're going to the spa. You should come. And that's important to note for a reason. I'll mention it a little bit. Oli is the first of them to uh, to to go away, to to disappear. Get a couple of texts from Oli from from Oli. You can't see it. I'm air quoting. I'm very sorry. Negative two. Yeah, Ooh, that's negative fair. two. That's 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 completely fair. Down negative. What down negative five now? What is going on here? Well, no, get, he's just down to negative two. I hit him with negative one. So he's at negative one. Okay, I thought you gave him another negative two. Yeah, right. I mean, honestly, it would have been fair. Don't I, tempt I can't me. Be doing that. Don't, don't tempt me. Don't come back around and... Yeah. Okay. Uh, Oli, according to texts they got from him, from his phone, uh, has gone home. The, uh, the picture with the caption, which literally reads, I go home, Looks a little a little suspect, and then uh, we see why it looks suspect because it's Oli's head on a plate or a spike. So so when this went down, right? So when they go into Oli disappearing, what did you still in with everything that transpired throughout the movie? Did you still have a feeling that okay, you know, I can still, you know, I I I get what this is where this is going. I'm not going you're not really expecting too many surprises depend you know because it's pretty straightforward you know as to what's happening on screen so we're still kind of in that realm of okay you know this will be this will be fine to take you know as a viewer uh kind of yeah I wasn't I I wouldn't have been that surprised if he had just up and vanished and they were just straight just straight up using him as bait which is ex- almost exactly what they did do but and then, and then it cuts to the shot of of uh, of his actual just his head. You see his severed head, and then you see his body just in a in a fucked up mangled pile over to the side. And I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> they're not really uh, they're not trying to be subtle at all. It's just nope. Here it is. This man is dead. And uh, one thing that I didn't quite get about that is a. Uh, the they they were very much counting on Josh and Paxton to react in a specific way because I think a lot of I mean I don't know why I'm approaching it like this but I think a lot of people would have just been like well our guy our the guy who was kind of our guide has left uh, let's get the fuck out of here and go home. Well, they they kind of covered the fact that it's not out of the realm of possibility that he would just up and leave based on. Uh, the encounter they have with uh, Mr. Salad Fingers on the on the train. Uh, the businessman. Yeah, because you know, always says, you know, yeah, you know, I have an eight year old daughter and all this stuff. It's it's just little bits of characterization that kind of hint at the fact that this dude is a little bit too much of a carefree spirit. Yeah, maybe he does kind of take responsibility when he has to, but other than that, yeah, he so, kind of just doesn't give a shit. He's a flame. Yeah. Yeah, you can tell but, it's, it's comes across like he's a flake. So it's it's like you said, entirely realistic that he may have just bounced. And 
it wouldn't have been like outside the realm of possibility for the people he was with to also just bounce after that. Like, nah, let's let's get out of here. This is too weird. Whatever. But no, they're like he wouldn't do that to us, would he? But so Ali is uh, Ali is quite dead. I mean, how what defines quite dead? Defines quite dead when your body is in at least two separate pieces. Well, I guess that's fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will I will grant I will grant you a point for that. Okay. That's that's one thing I do appreciate about this movie and its sequel. There is never any like. Are they dead? She's like, no. When motherfuckers are dead, it, the movie very much, very clear very, movies very clearly show you that they are dead, and there's no no chicanery, no trickery there. People are just gone. So they're like, well, what the fuck do we do now? And they go out with the uh, with the nice, the previously mentioned nice girls who aren't nice, who aren't nice, and get the. Uh, well, they get drugged. Yeah. Josh gets drugged and uh, wakes up in a very, very uncomfortable place. Because he is chained to, or uh, tied and handcuffed to a chair. Josh is in trouble. A great deal of trouble. And uh, our previously mentioned friend, the businessman, Mr. Salad Fingers. Uh, excuse me. Has not revealed his identity yet, so I fucked that up. That's alright. This is this but, is not is listen. This is not a a synopsis. That's true. I'm not you trying know, to. You know, you're not trying to give a, a blow by blow description. So you don't. You say what you remember and what so, you enjoy. It's okay. Don't worry. So, uh, so I'm a good one. I'm not going to take points away from you if you say something incorrect. Right? You want me to lose points? What did you say? A uh, a man walks in. Can't tell who it is immediately. But he's dressed in a black leather apron, red shirt, mask covering his face. Josh is crying and begging because there's a nice, nice, fairly lengthy shot of the various uh, tools and implements laying around that you presume, at least I presumed, are about to be used on him. All kinds of knives. We got a drill. What else? Just also, basically any nasty shit you can think of to use on another human, it's there. Uh, Josh experiences the old, the drill, like four times. And one of the, that's actually one of, one of the worst shots so far in the movie is when you see the drill bit getting shoved into his leg and then pulled out. And the skin, like, puckers around it as it's being pulled out. And it looks, (laughs) it, it, Please don't misinterpret how I'm about to say this. It looked really good. Like, it was a great effect. But it was also just like, oh, God, no. It made my leg hurt a little bit. Not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. And then uh, our mystery surgeon reveals his identity to Josh. Because Josh is, by now, just completely freaking out, begging for his life. He, he has vomited profusely. And uh, then, uh, like I said... Mr. Salad Fingers reveals himself. And he talks to Josh about how he always wanted to be a surgeon. And Josh is just like, no, come on, let me out, let me out. <laughs> no, nah, man. No, nah, oh, man. Come on, come on. Come on, please. Uh, the businessman picks up a scalpel, does something 
that hurts Josh a great deal, and I say that just because of the way they shot it, so you really can't tell exactly what happens until he uncuffs Josh, leaves, mm. opens the door, and Do walks away from it. Do it. And Josh tries to stand up, and you see uh, that his Achilles tendons have both been cut wide open. And how do you know that? You know that because he stands up, you see the skin split apart, and presumably his tendons just kind of slide up into his leg, and then he falls on his face because, you know, how the hell are you going to stand with both your Achilles tendons cut? How did that make you, how did that make you feel, Rob? Um... May I reference another movie very, very briefly? If, sure. if it's done Pet, well, yes. Pet Cemetery. Perfect. The scene where the kid cuts cuts his mother's. Is it his mom that he does this to, or is it or is it the dad? I don't remember. It's been too long since I've seen it. That's but, okay. but kid takes a scalpel and slices an Achilles, the Achilles tendon of one of his parents, and that was kind of that. That memory hit me just then because that until up till that point was one of the worst things I'd ever seen in a horror movie. It's just like ah, because it looked it looked surprisingly realistic when it happened. It's just like mm, no, we would have also accepted Saw, but he probably hasn't seen Saw. But he hasn't seen Saw. I wasn't going to say that. Have you but seen Saw? You know. you know, I'll give you a point because you weren't going to say it. I wasn't. No. Yeah, so that's negative one. But now, now you know I have not. So that's okay. That's time. That's something I. Sh- well, I mean, I guess not until, not until after uh, we're done doing this. But anyway, Josh is crawling towards the door, and you, you almost start to think that the dude's going to let him crawl out. Uh, no. Salad fingers. As Josh reaches the door, steps in front of him, takes a knee, pulls Josh up by the hair, and cuts his fucking throat, and Josh is dead. <clears throat> so, so that was your big first hostile set piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were you thinking about once that once uh, Josh gives his throat cut, and that's that's the end of that whole sequence. That's about uh, what five seven minutes, maybe. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, somewhere around there. Yeah, uh, honestly, I was like, man, that was one of the grimiest fucking scenes I've seen yet. Like it's just that was kind of the feeling here. Like that's just it's just some dirty ass shit, and also just fucked up because you know. And I was just trying to remember if Salad Fingers talked. No, no, he does. He does mention that he paid for this privilege. Right. And he paid to uh, to have this man uh, to torture and then ultimately murder. Right. So once, once, yeah, uh, once he dropped the fact that he paid for it, what were your thoughts? Because now um, you start to see that you know the whole thing—it's an economy of its own. Yeah, so. it's 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 a whole setup from the hostel to the girls in it, and that gets that gets super hammered home when because uh, Paxton is understandably worried that both of his friends have vanished. He wakes up fucking hungover in a storage room because. He, that's where he passed out. And uh, is it on the way back to the hostel that he gets his cell phone stolen, or is it after he gets there and uh, they try to make him think that Josh is checked out 
yeah, it's afterwards. Yeah, and then he starts looking. Yeah, yeah, starts wandering around, and uh, and I'm gonna try. And if I recall, then he goes up to the room before he starts wandering the streets. He runs into a couple of different nice girls. They could be nice. We don't actually know, uh, but they repeat to him the exact same words that. Uh, I forgot their name. No, Natalia and, Svet- Natalia and Svetlana said to him when he uh, walked into that room the first time. Excuse me. We're going to spa. You should come. And that's when it, like, if you weren't already sure what was happening when, uh, when the gentle, when uh, the businessman talks about paying to have to have Josh to torture, you sure as hell should know then. And even Paxton knows then. Because you can just kind of, you kind of get that little, that bit of musical sting, the realization. So it was the aha moment, as we'd like to call it? I believe so, yes. Did you say aha in your head? Actually, my thought was, oh shit. There we go. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Good answer. Good answer. Um, So Paxton starts wandering around town. He gets accosted by uh, another character that I neglected to mention. This wandering gang of children, and you think, well, these are fucking, these are just some kids being, kind of being jerks. No, if you don't pay these kids off when they tell you to, they beat the living shit out of you, at least. So, and Paxton's wandering around with his cell phone out. I don't know what the hell he's exactly trying to do because it looks like he's trying to use it like a GPS. He was trying to match locations from pictures. Ah, oh, that's and he does actually match the location where Ollie, or where uh, Ollie sent the first text that said, uh, "Not the I go home one," because that was with his severed head. But there was one where he and another girl were standing by a tree. Yeah, and uh, that's the first one they got. And right after, I believe it was right after that moment, his cell phone gets snatched out of his hand by the roving group of child hooligans. And then laugh at him and run off. And he tries to chase him, but you know he's, he's not catching those kids. And uh, then Paxton runs into Natalia and Svetlana in a bar. On, the, on getting, their on their off day. Yeah, on their off day. <laughs> Which is amazing to think about when you like, like you just sit back there. Like their their job is to recruit, you know, these poor suckers. Mm-hmm. He's getting killed, <laughs> but hey, they're just hanging out on their off day at a bar. Look, you know? even accessories to murder have to have a day off, right? Well, hey, that's like, I guess that's the way people have to live their lives, right? We are in Europe, so it is, it is siesta time, probably. He runs into them in the bar. They're having a drink with some dude, and he starts getting uh, starts getting a little chippy with him because he. Even Paxton is starting to suspect that, you know, some shit has gone down and they have something to do with it. So he kind of gives them crap about, where are my friends? And then, uh, I want to say it's Svetlana tells him that they went to the art show. So he's like, where is this art show? I'll take you there. Except that uh, one of them is like, nah, I've seen this show before. I thought that line stood out to me because I was like, Oh shit! How how long has she been doing this? Yep. But uh, <clears throat> and as it turns out, the answer is uh, undetermined, but probably years. It is a livelihood. 
Yeah. So this is a. They drive out to what looks like a, looks like an old abandoned factory. Maybe. My favorite part of that is when uh, uh, Svetlana is. It Sve- yeah, it's Svetlana that's leading him in, or is it Natalia? I think it's Svetlana. I, Let me tell you, you have a better idea of their names than I do at this. That's point. what I wrote down, so I hope it's correct. I'll give you another point. You're back at zero. Wow. As she uh, as she is leading him in, he stops and talks to uh, to a dude who had a beard that I was just intensely jealous of. It was just one of those sideburns coming all the way into the mustache things. Like, man, I wish I could grow that. But he asks him, how much? And the response is, for you, free. Now, that would have... Now, granted, by that point, he's fucked anyway. Like, he's not... If he turned around and walked the other way, the numerous, uh, very large European-looking uh, guards would have been like, eh, no, you go back in. So here's my question to you, right? Yes, sir. Because you just said European-looking guards. I should say stereotypical, like, movie European-looking guards, because they're all fucking huge. A lot I mean, of them were blind. I'm, I'm, I'm only wearing... bringing up the point is because, A, this movie, it does take place in Europe, so isn't that kind of redundant? That is redundant. That's very redundant. Well, that's a negative point. I'm sad. One of the guards would have definitely just turned his ass around and said, you get the fuck back in there. Because someone by that point had uh, had paid for him. Presume- Actually, no. I don't know if he gets paid for until uh, until he gets escorted down into the, to the deepest depths. And then he finds himself locked in a chair. And this... Uh, Nice German fellow comes in. Nice. Very nice. He's extremely nice. But not nice. But not nice. Not nice at all. And uh, begins to work on our friend. And uh, at some point, Paxton, who uh, is a real early movie, speaks fluent German, starts speaking to him in German because he's just essentially just really trying to not die. So I don't blame him. German surgeon gets really, really upset. Walks out. One of the guards comes in and hands him a ball gag, and he sticks it in a sticks it in Paxton's mouth because presumably it's ruining the illusion because uh, this man paid specifically to torture and kill an American. You cannot humanize the the victims. Cannot be humanized. No, they must be purely meat. So him speaking to him in his own language was like, no, no, uh, uh-uh. uh, do not want. But it's gangster that he's willing to still kill him if he just puts and gets it, gags him. That's a little fucked up. I mean, I don't know why I said that's fucked up. Like, this whole movie is fucked up. You said it's fucked up because it's fucked up. Yeah, that's that's yeah, why you fair. said it. That's fair. And uh, then our, our German friend has what I'm going to call an accident. An accident, excuse me. Because he gets the chainsaw because he's, he's just pissed that Paxton tried to appeal to his human nature. Which, you know, this motherfucker doesn't really have. First thing uh, that our man does with the chainsaw is cut off roughly half of uh, Paxton's hand. Which just leads to a few other gross-ass visuals that I'll discuss in a moment. Um, the next thing he does is uh, 
He takes a few steps back to admire his handiwork, and then he starts striding forward, presumably to to uh, to finish this shit once and for all. His boot slips on some blood. He falls backwards. The chainsaw flies up into the air and down through our German friend's knee. Well, wouldn't you think they're wearing aprons, right? Because they're doing this, the, the dirty deeds, the, all mm-hmm. these guys, right? And they don't want to get um, blood all over them. Correct. Um, and I've personally never worked in the kitchen, but, you know, my nephew does. And they all wear clogs because they don't want to slip in grease or anything, right? Do you think? And they're in Europe. When do you think they would, like, provide them with clogs so they wouldn't slip all over the blood? There's probably bonuses for uh, idiotic killers to kill themselves. <laughs> Like, I'd be wearing, like, duck boots, yeah. you know? And, I, I mean... I wouldn't be wearing my chucks, because I'd want some grip, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, like, you know, these people aren't necessarily quote-unquote professionals, and I did not do air quotes, so... <laughs> you know, they're I not thinking... I think it's very important to note that probably none of these people is professional. Right. At least not not in this fucking field. They're, they're more into the fantasy episode. They don't slip. No, they're efficient. Yep. They just walk and stride forth and, and do it all in one blow. So, I have a yeah. mild confession to make. The thought that I had during that part was, oh, after I was thinking, oh, goddamn, he just sawed off his own leg, was, why didn't that chainsaw have a dead man switch? I'll give you another point. <laughs> why? Like, and that actually just seems like it would just be a good idea. Because, like we said, these motherfuckers aren't professionals. Most of yeah. them will probably never fucking touch the chainsaw. And and plus, you know, these people paying for the stuff, they're already paid. Yep. They're not paying after the deed. Nope. So, who cares if they have safety? If you if you screw up, your money's still gone. So you, got, you got their money. You kind of don't necessarily care what happens to them after that. But they do. They're still a code of conduct. There is. That, that they adhere to. So it's not like they totally screw over the people once they pay. You get to learn more about that in the second part. So let's, let's, let's try to speed through this, right, Rob? Yeah, all right. German <laughs> for the, dude... For the, for the listeners. Our German friend gets worked over. Uh, Paxton's like, yo, fuck this. Beats the shit out of him with a crowbar and then shoots him in the head. Like, he's done, he's done. He's making his way out. He's a lot smarter than I gave gave him credit for because he actually disguises himself to move through what is apparently like a massive complex dedicated to this horrific enterprise. Has an encounter with a fellow hunter, and I call him Hunter because he sees a business card called with a Elite Hunter. Is it Elite Hunters Club that it says on it? Uh, yes. The more important thing is he flips that card over and he sees three figures on the back. Canadian ten thousand, or uh, I don't remember, but Europeans are twelve thousand. Americans are twenty five thousand. Yes, so they're big, the most expensive. Big game hunting. Yeah, as they say. So, uh, so he has this long, really, really awkward conversation because, for one thing, he's bled like hell from his hand, and he's you know trying not to pass out, and also he doesn't really want to talk about murdering people with this random ass dude that he's just met. Finally, he breaks up the conversation. He starts sneaking out, gets almost gets into a car. Then he hears screaming. He hears a character who he met earlier named Kana's scream, to be precise. Goes back in, 
which, you know, full marks for bravery. I, I respect that. It raised my respect level for that character kind of a lot when he when the, that happened. It's like, oh, okay, well, this guy isn't really a shitbag. He's just kind of a excessively bro. <laughs> he goes back in, rescues her. That's the same thing. Yeah, kills the kills the dude that he met earlier, and then they start to start to make their way out. Well, on uh, a little bit before then, Paxton spots a cop car pulling up to talk to the security dudes, and he's like, "Oh fuck me," because that starts to give him like a true picture of how extensive this shit is, and how uh, and how many institutions it has uh, found root in. But at the end of the day, he gets out. With Kana. They make their way to the train station. Um, and then unfortunately for Kana, she sees her reflection in glass and uh, decides she doesn't want to live with half of her face having been burned off and one of her eyes having been poked out. An eye that uh, Paxton hopefully snips off for her. I'm going to be honest, I don't know if I understand why. <laughs> I guess because it's not salvageable and it's just like this is horrible looking, and I don't want to have to see it. I appreciate the honesty. Yeah, but she um, she she no jumps in front of a moving train, which conveniently provides enough of a distraction for Paxton to get on one of the trains and get the fuck on out of there. However, Paxton hears a familiar voice. I believe we have lost our connection to food. See, he he hears the businessman talking about uh, doing his food spiel that he did earlier in the movie. Uh, and he follows him, follows him to a train station bathroom, punishes him accordingly by uh, grabbing it. He dude's going to the bathroom. He puts the business card under there to lure him out. He reaches the uh, businessman, reaches down to grab it, loses the same fingers that Paxton has lost. Uh, and then gets his throat cut or it gets partially drowned in the toilet. Then he gets his throat cut. And then Paxton uh, gets Gets the fuck on out. And that's, uh, that is the end of that, the end of part one of Hostel. So then what happens after that, Rob? Is that the end of the movie? You're thinking too hard, Rob. Damn it, Rob. We go to part two. There we go. (laughs) We go to part two. That puts you at at zero points now. Um, uh, on the basis of time, um, for part two, uh, tell us about like notable changes. We don't need a blow by blow. People can, viewer, listeners can Wikipedia stuff. Um, uh, just anything that stands out going into part two, as far as set pieces, effects wise, lore you learned from the actual inner workings of the Elite Hunters Club, stuff yeah. like that. So the big, the one of the biggest pickup pickups, I don't know, whatever. Uh, the Elite Hunters Club is massive. It's huge. It's much, much bigger than is uh, than is perhaps implied by the first movie. Because one of the first things you see in the movie involving them is, for one thing, uh, our boy Pax gets uh, his head cut off and delivered to the person leading the Elite Hunters Club. <clears throat> and uh, you also see the the bidding process. Bunch of fat cat looking motherfuckers placing bids on human lives. Playing a stock button now. Was this on the Robin Hood app? No. Nah, they probably would have. 
Too soon? No, that's about right. No, that seems that seems but that's that's good. timely. I'll allow it. No points deducted. The cat the cast has changed. Fucked up. You would have taken points away from him for me. <laughs> that would have been. That would have been fitting. That would have tracked. Let's be let's great. be real. Awesome. I'll save it for week uh, seven. The cast <laughs> cast has changed from three three male backpackers to three lady college students. Lorna is a is a vacant nerd, and also the. You know, the nicest of the three of them by far. Beth is just kind of there at first. Whitney is a horrible bitch that I couldn't stand immediately. Just, I apologize for that word usage, but I just did not like that character almost immediately. I can't like, believe you said that. I know, it's terrible. Uh, there was a very funny moment when they, wa- they walk into their hostel, and uh, there's a bunch of people in there watching Pulp Fiction. <laughs> That's funny to me since Quentin Tarantino had a hand at least, in uh, making sure these movies came to life. Well, they showed Pulp Fiction in the first one, and uh, same desk clerk was there, so they were kind of showing it's business as usual. Yeah. Same movies on loop, same people working. Well, you know, the ones that didn't get run over by a car. So, yeah. it goes how it goes. I'm sad I didn't mention that, because uh, Paxton actually gets his own personal revenge arc. And basically... Deals with everybody who wrongs him personally. And the only reason I mention that is because a similar arc happens in this movie. But it's uh, not not exactly the same. It's not even kind of the same. So Lorna is the first one killed because she's the nicest one. So, of course, she's the first one killed. Uh, in fact, she helps a very rich lady take a literal bloodbath. Yeah, Lady Bathory. Yeah, Lady It's actually one of the yeah. better better scenes in the entire movie i uh i was a little confused at first when i was watching that and i was like what the fuck is she doing and then i really and then i got a better look at it after they lit all the candles and showed the whole the whole room and i was like oh no (laughs) don't do this to lorna she's the one i wanted to survive but that character was not capable of fighting her way free of anything she was not a final girl unfortunately she did not it wasn't gonna happen whitney Whitney could could have done that. I'm glad she didn't because she's the worst of the three of them. Um, uh, the scene where she bites the nose off the makeup artist, though, I was like, oh, goddamn. The makeup artist lady didn't do anything to you? Or makeup artist didn't do anything to you? What are you doing? She's complicit. Yeah, she did. Sure she is. She's an accessory. Do you think she knew what she was doing? Yeah, they all knew what they were doing. Yeah, that's a negative point. Yeah. Negative two points. I'm, to, to, I'm, I'm making the know, mistake of trying to find good in people when there is no good. This is just a, a completely evil racket. What is wrong with you? Lots of things. Well, that's also true. Now, uh, I do have to briefly mention Stuart and Todd. Stuart, at first, or at least at this point, seems like the, the, timid, the timid husband... Like a dude who wouldn't hurt anybody if uh, if not required to. His boss, presumably Todd, is a uh, coke-sniffing jerk who amusingly winds up being the one most reluctant to actually hurt people. Of the two of them, anyway. Because he, start, he starts working on Whitney. Uh, you know, gives her a little makeover with a table saw. Or table saw, whatever, what? some kind of saw. So let me let, let me let, let, let me interject something real quick. 
just real quick how this movie differs a little bit from part one. All right. In part one, the victims were chosen. We will say randomly, right? Yeah. They were Americans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is different in part two, Rob? It's it's it seems a lot more targeted. Like instead of it just being like, "Hey, here's three Americans. Y'all want to, you know, fuck them up." It's it, like it's like a menu. Yeah, yeah. They literally they literally bid on all three of them. Correct. Just want to just want to throw that in there. Yeah. You give your point. That's a one. You're, you're at one. So, Stuart and Todd. Uh, Todd completely just uh, freaks out and is like, hey, fuck you, you have my money, I'm leaving. Well, no, Todd, you're not leaving because the contract, and this is more or less the first we've heard of the contracts, the contract requires that you kill. And uh, if you break the contract, well, they sick dogs on your ass. So Todd gets just absolutely destroyed in an elevator. They start parading Whitney around to the people who are already there. Uh, including a nice gentleman who is literally eating one of his victims. That was a that was a hell of a visual. <laughs> Something great. That's what it was. Uh, well, especially like that dude was hungry because he had already eaten like half the, half this dude's leg, and then the other half was like completely peeled and waiting for him to cut the muscle off. I was like, fuck. Ugh. That was a nasty ass visual too. Just. And they made sure to leave it there long enough so that you got a good fucking look at what he's doing to this poor bastard. Yep. <laughs> now, as it turns out, Stuart is uh, not quite as timid as you thought. He starts freaking out at first, and you think, all right, great, he's going to help her escape. They're both gonna, Maybe they're both going to get out. Uh, and then she says something to She says a phrase to him, quote, uh, you're not that guy. And then he starts muttering it to himself over and over. And when that starts happening, I'm like, what's about to happen here? And then he punches Beth right in the fucking face. I'm like, oh, that's what's going to happen here. Well, okay, I, uh, I'm not laughing because I condone, you know, violence against females. But that shit was No, it was, it was so unexpected. I, wasn't, I genuinely wasn't expecting it when that happened. I was like, oh, what the fuck, Stuart? Uh, and then we start finding out that Stuart greatly resents his wife, whom Beth strikingly resembles. I feel like that's an important point I forgot to mention. Yep. So Beth looks a lot <laughs> Beth looks a lot like his wife. So he starts taking out all of his frustrations with his his wife and his life in general out on her. Yep. Uh but then she uh she tricks this goofy motherfucker and as into unchaining her from the chair. And uh, as he's going in for the completely consensual kiss, except not at all, uh, she headbutts the fuck out of him. Which, I'm not going to lie, when that happened, I kind of cheered. I was like, fuck yeah, get his ass. <laughs> she, get, she gets up, picks up a crowbar off the table, uh, gives him a couple of good shots straight to the head, drags the chains that she was in around his neck, and yanks his ass into the chair. Yep. By this time, security... Is is crack is uh, getting wide? Or she uh, she demands the code to open the door from him. It's her birthday, and then she she takes a moment to pause and look at him and say, "That's fucked up." Which yeah yeah it is. <laughs> <laughs> she essentially summons security to the room, 
Now, she has Stuart in a very, very disadvantageous position at this point. Because she's got uh, what I believe is a pair of hedge clippers uh, clamped to his his dick. Plus one point. Just straight up. That's right. You're at two points now. Two points. She, she, and she says, I'm going to cut his ass if you don't, uh, basically, if you don't let me out of here. Excuse, excuse me. She doesn't beg to get let out. She, uh, she wants Sasha. Sasha being the name of the man who's running this whole organization. And he comes down there to talk to her. And basically, he's like, I don't give a fuck. Shoot him. Or shoot her. I don't care about this guy. And then she says, wait, I want to buy my way out of here. And he laughs because he, she does, he doesn't think she has money. Well, as it turns out, she has fucking buku bucks. Uh, Whitney makes a reference to this earlier in the movie. It basically says she could buy this entire she could buy this entire country and everyone in it. Mm-hmm. So she rich as fuck, and he's like, "Okay, uh, and oh no!" And she says, "No, to get out of here, you have to kill." So Beth says, "All right, bet." Uh, slams the hedge clipper shut on a dick. Well, well, well. Tell him, tell him, Griff. She she uh she she has a bit of an anger problem. There's certain words that 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 set her off. That's right. Yeah. And uh and 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 our our idiot friend on screen Stuart, this unfortunate person, uh who who made the mistake of of being so repressed and and fucked up and that much of a dingbat, uh that he put this woman in this horrible situation, uh says one of those words which I won't say here because. I don't need to say it. We, but you can think about the worst thing to call a, a woman and, and say it, and then you might get your dick cut off. So Don't say that, it. That, that's what happens here. Yeah. So he says he, he calls her that thing that she hates being called more than more than anything. Because she almost gets into a fight with some random Italian dudes on a train because that dude also drops that word. Um, he, gets, uh, he gets snipped. Not only does he get does he get snipped. Well, she, you're pretty uh, kindly. Yeah, just I'm saying very kindly. Just say she, it. Uh, she grabs his dick and his balls, which have also been snipped off, and uh, tosses them to one of the dogs. <laughs> and one of the funniest fucking lines in the whole movie. I was like, Misha, no. <laughs> the dogs handlers are like, no, don't eat that man's dick. Oh, it's too late. It's gone. It's gone. It's got Sasha laughs. Where they is all, the bowl? Sasha's like, okay, we negotiate, and they all they're all laughing as they walk out because they think this is hilarious that the situation got so completely turned. Um, I mean, shot, I mean, and honestly, it is kind of it's pretty funny. It is pretty funny. The next shot, uh, Beth is getting a getting a tattoo. What might that tattoo be? Oh, it's the bloodhound that everyone who's who has hunted in the Elite Hunters Club has to get. Another thing that I really should have mentioned earlier, but it slipped my mind a little bit. Uh, you know, Rob, that's a negative point for reminding us. Back All right. to zero. So she, you see her getting the tattoo. And the next shot is you see uh, this movie's Alexei, who is named Excel, who... Axel, excuse me, who is intensely very much less creepy than Alexei. Like she's a, in my opinion, a much a much better uh, 
a much better conveyor or much better linchpin for this cast. Anyway. But uh, you see Excel at a party doing the same shit that she was doing to Lorna Beth and uh, Christ's sake. Whitney. And then uh, one of the one of the children grabs her purse and runs off with it. These are the same, I think, exactly the same pain in the ass kids who are in the first one. Yep. Except one, one's missing because one had to pay the price for them fucking up Sasha's merch. So the rest of them were probably pretty pissed. She runs off into the woods, uh, gets caught with a snare. And uh, who shows up but Beth? Wearing a hooded sweatshirt, carrying a big fucking axe. She deprives Excel of her head. Kids kick it around like a soccer ball, including That's a cele- the best <laughs> thing. They kick yeah. it around like a soccer ball, including one of them kicking it between two trees and then pulling his shirt up over his head and celebrating like an actual honest to god football player. And then and that's that's how the movie ends. All right. All right. So, uh what'd you think of your trip to uh various hostels for hostel part 1 and 2? Well, for one thing, I will never never stay in a real hostel. <laughs> oh me either. Let me no. tell you. Yeah. Every time I look at trips to possibly go to Europe, I'm like, well, I'm like, oh, this is a great price. And like hostel, no, no, and it's not even just because of these movies. That whole idea of like essentially staying in a college dorm at my age, it's like, man, I'm too old for that shit. You're too old for a lot of shit. That's true. Uh, other than that, those movies were all right. I I fucking just intensely did not like the characters in the first movie. Just like, ugh. You are exactly the kinds of people I don't want to be around. Yeah. That's what made it easy to enjoy. It, it did. Car. It genuinely did. My poor, I, I, I genuinely felt bad for Lauren. It's like, oh man, she doesn't deserve this. She really she, didn't. And she right. arguably gets the most gruesome, worst death of the two of them that do die. Well, she's also the virgin. Yeah. And I was just getting that, God, is she just literally bathing in a virgin's blood? What kind of shit is this? Uh, that's, that's exactly what she was doing. Exactly what she was doing. <laughs> also, um, that actress had to be really fucking uncomfortable. How long do you think it took for them to shoot that with her just ha- actually hanging upside down in that goddamn harness? Uh, they shot it for over a period of four days, a couple of hours each day. I mean, I'm glad they split it up, but that still had to suck. <laughs> That had to be just not fun. Not comfortable. Not, dare I say, that had to be unfortunate. Nah, that was shitty. I'm sorry. Oh, negative two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're back down to negative two. That's, okay. a, that's unfortunate. That's really Also, my other thought was, man, Eli Roth might need Jesus. So let, let's, let's talk about, uh, real quick, we only got a few minutes. Um, I think, well, actually, before we do that, Rob? What do you think? Yes. Uh, what do you think? Uh, pick what? I thought Carlos gave me part one. Okay, and I guess Rob, this is the moment that we tell you that you are absolutely correct. Excellent. Now, why would you think I gave you part one? It it was mo- it was partly guess and partly 
a discussion that we had not online. Because I, 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 I knew it. I, knew it was <laughs> I thought I remembered you, specifically you, asking if I had seen Hostel. And when I said no, you were kind of like, okay. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, because I said something else and you totally forgot. I, yes. I referenced the, the, the Achilles kill. Yeah. That's what I was yeah, thinking. Yeah, that was. So. Mm. I was like, I, I remember saying that. If you would have said, I said that, I was like, I, I would have taken it. Yeah, significantly just the realist looking effects so far. Some of which were, oh, just, yeah. That Achilles kill, though, that was that was definitely the worst. For, uh, for my money, anyway. Oh, yeah, that's one of my favorite of all time. <laughs> Although Natalia getting her head uh, vaporized by the car, kind of a close second. Like, a surprising close second. I was just like, oh, God. And, uh, of course, Svetlana left laying on the ground with blood pouring out of her everything. Also, yeah, the the soccer with the heads <laughs> mating. I I I laughed kind of hard when that happened. You should like, what you the better. Fuck is, what the fuck is wrong with these kids? <laughs> They're completely desensitized. Well, so this what? week Rob has managed to avoid the third level of hot sauce. Yeah. So he's only at uh, he's only at level two. So good for you. But we are at negative two points again. Yes. So it's odd how you always end the episode at negative two. I I just gotta quit inviting you guys to to give me negative points. That's negative three. No, no we're out of <laughs> wow. wow. We're, we're out of we're out of the point zone. So you're fine. Yeah, yeah. Once once we take the hit for the for the movie, who picked who? We don't give. That's it. Yeah. That's that's just nice. Just <clears throat> being nice. The yep. last thing, at least uh, one of the last things I want to mention, is how uh, apparently these movies were inspired by an actual thing that Eli Roth was told about. He was told about a website where you could actually pay your money, walk into a room, and uh, put a bullet in somebody's head. Yeah. And I'm like, God, I hope that's not real, but I'll bet it is. Either way, it inspired a series of really fucked up movies. Well, you know, I would have loved for him to continue on after part two. Like there was the uh, there was a direct to video sequel, but I think him working within that world uh, beyond part two would have made for some interesting storytelling, especially you know with how things have actually gone in the world and kind of seeing how that fucked up economy kind of mirrors what's happening in our society yeah. as the years go on. Cause it well, could have made for a very interesting series, uh, throughout the, the, the 2010s and especially after this last five year stretch. So, uh, a thought that I had was you could have Netflix, for instance, could have made a very interesting series from that. Yeah. Well, who knows? Who knows what will happen? Uh, there's still time. There's still time. Uh, but there's no more time for us. Nope. No. Because this has been another episode of It's Them Damage Lies, the podcast. If you enjoyed the show, you can leave us a non-traveling voicemail at 443-906-0040. 
As always, big thank you to podcast producer for the stars, Mark Warren, who has been making us sound oh so spectacular. So thank you, Mark. You got it. Until next time, have fun. Stay safe. Be wary. Wear a damn mask. If you get the vaccine and you choose to get it, please get it. Uh, hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Hydrate, hydrate. Los, what you got? Who you fighting? Fisticuffs? Who? Robin Hood. Robin Hood. Sounds good. Rob, do you have something prepared this week to go right here? Uh, don't stay in hostels. Why did you have to lean into the mic? <sighs> I forgot how close it actually was. That's what she said. Anyway. Yeah, uh, until next time, please do not uh, unify with white supremacists or insurrectionists. Keep them out of your circle. Thank you for listening, and goodbye. Bye! Bye!